I'm here today with uh, Bill Murray, uh, my colleague here at ML Right Source, and Bill's the head of our IT and risk management function. So, Bill, tell us a little about, bit about your background and the team you have, and then uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, current cyber threats. Thanks, Elliot. Um, basically, Cleveland native. Um, I've worked pretty much in information technology and risk at, you know, very large financial institutions, probably um, in the top 10 or 15 uh, of the U.S. Um, and basically been in IT and risk management my entire career. So I've been at AML RightSource for about five years and run the IT and risk team, uh, just like Elliot said. Uh, I have currently seven FTE spread across the U.S., um, basically supporting all aspects of technology and risk that uh, that um, we're responsible for, MLRS. So uh, today we're going to focus on um, uh, cybersecurity, um, and I think I'd like to start with the current threats. Uh, what are you seeing, and uh, and what are you uh, you know? To the extent you can share, what, what kinds of things you try, you and your team trying to do about them? You know, it's, that's a good question because uh, in reality, you know, the current threats, there's a ton of them, but they're all just variations on, you know, threats that have been out there for, for a long time. So I'll just maybe off the top of my head, go through a couple of them. Um, a big one in my mind is insider threat. Uh, I think recently you may have seen in the news, Twitter um, had a big... Um, big breach. And basically what it is, is the bad guys um, got a hold of a, a system admin, an IT guy in, in Twitter, and paid him off. So they paid the guy to give, give access to the bad guys, uh, access to a tool to reset people's passwords. So they went in and they reset a bunch of uh, high profile people's passwords, logged in and did fake tweets by them. But at the end of the day, you know, we can, we can put all the firewalls, you know, in place, we can put all monitoring in place, but um, if a person who has authorized access to different systems, if a person who, you know, the company's paying to do a certain job, if they go bad, um, it, it's really, really hard to prevent that. It's hard to detect that um, pretty much in, until it's too late. So pretty much, you know, that's one of the threats that, that you know, I guess, you know, technology and awareness and all that kind of stuff that we talk about. But insider threats is, is just something that's uh, very hard very hard to address. Um, so another one basically is, you know, social engineering, right? That, that morphs and changes its, its, its face all the time. We're used to social engineering in the way of phishing where everyone receives a random email claiming they're from the CEO or from the CFO and they, you know, you want them to do this, that, or other thing. Um, a lot of them going on these days, and I'm sure you've talked about this in your other, um, blogs is that a lot of COVID-19, a lot of contact tracing I've seen recently where you get a mail that email that says, you know, I've, you know, someone, you know, out of your address book has been diagnosed and you're their friend and we want all this personal information about you because you might be a, a potential carrier as well. And that's all pretty much fake. So just fishing with current, current topics. Um, while I'm on fishing, I, I just wanted to mention that, it's very important to report to your IT department when you believe you received a phishing email because, you know, IT just doesn't ignore that. What they usually do is go and they block the sender so that sender 
can't send any more messages uh, to people in your company. Also, more importantly, they go and look to see if anyone in your company's got that email, if they've responded and are having a dialogue with this um, potential scammer, right? So we actually see that a, a lot at AML Right Source where, uh, you, know, you know, 20, 30 of our you know, employees get a, get a phishing email. Two people report it, but we found out that three who didn't actually responded back. And then we can understand what they said. We can block those emails, contact those individuals to, uh, you know, to stop any potential loss. So just a little plug there. If you do get a phishing email, please report it to at least, you know, if you're in a corporate environment to your, to your IT department so that it can reduce the risk to the entire company. And how, um, um, uh, what do you do? in our company to, uh, um, to try to keep all the rest of us uh, attentive to the potential for social engineering and even to test whether we're paying attention. Yeah, there's a couple of things we do on that point. Um, the first, obviously, is awareness, right? To sending a ton of messages around all the time, constantly remind, you know, reminding people uh, of exactly what to do in phishing situations, of new scams that are... are um, that are, you know, we're seeing like, and we, we do see a number of scams, right? Like um, there are like waves, a wave might come one week where there's a bunch of messages from our CEO asking people to buy, you know, Apple iTunes cards. Like he would really do that. Right. Uh, but so we send a message out to everyone. Hey, just a reminder, our CEO would never ask you to do that. So please just instantly hit delete. But um, something I guess I, I believe most, most companies do as well is do proactive phishing tests. Um, and we do that. So basically, we, uh, we have a third-party company, and we hire them to send phishing emails, you know, random subjects, random topics over a random time frame to all of our internal employees um, just to verify that all of our education is really sinking in, right? So uh, what we do is we measure the click rate. Like how many people open it is one measurement. How many people click uh, is another measurement. Uh, and if you click, you instantly get a message which says, you know, you've been, you've fallen victim uh, of, of this phishing attack and you, you did not pass the test. Um, luckily, so far, we are actually under industry standard. I think that has to do with the, the number of, you know, messages we send out about how much we're targets and, and our, you know, being in a financial institution, we're in targets in general just because, um, you know, we deal with money, our clients deal with money. But, uh, it, you know, it's very important to monitor. It's very important to proactively test and educate when it comes to phishing. But you'd be surprised. Some, some, of, the, some of the phishing out there is, is good. You know, most of it, 90% of it's obvious, right? You hover over any link, it's obvious. Misspellings. But some of it is, is very good. And you just really got to be careful these days. So if you suspect anything, I would, and, and your company supports it, just press that little button, you know, potential phish just so it can be looked at because, uh, you know, it, if it is, you know, spread across your company from one sender, uh, it could be that you help stop a phishing attack that someone down the hall is responding to. So I think that's just very important. What else are you saying? Um, Pretexting. Uh, it's, it's another social engineering uh, attack type, but it's basically you would get a, it's not really spear phishing where you're particularly picked out, but pretexting is like you would literally get a phone call said, hi, I'm Joe from your IT department. 
So, you know, playing on the fact that you have an ID department and this person randomly knows your phone number uh, and they begin asking things, you know, what, you know, are, are you experiencing slowness or lag or can you tell me a little bit about your, the, the system that you're working on? Or we've even um, personally re received one here at the company. Um, uh, an admin got a phone call about um, the, 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 the person said that they were with our um, multifunction printer company and they wanted to verify the printer model of the company we of the printer we have and our helpful admin said yes we have a this type of printer um, and then a couple weeks later we get a huge box of toner cartridges at a huge rate in a huge you know like thousands and thousands of dollars um, obviously it wasn't our print supply company and our legal department got involved and send a send a message to them but just honestly just um, answering the phone, being helpful on the phone, saying what kind of printer you have or telling what system you have to a person who pretends they're IT. Um, you know, after three or four of these calls, a, a bad guy can really gain a lot of information about your company, what software it uses, what equipment you have in your environment. And then a very focused attack with all that information can be done um, to, to, to try to get through. So pretexting, we've, we've seen more of it at our company now, um, you know, very specific, now, phishing is just like phishing, right? It's like thousands of the same email go out, but pretexting is more focused. But obviously, spear phishing, as you know, is one individual's the target, right? So they do a whole bunch of research on one individual, and then the email comes in, and it's like laser focused on, you know, what that individual should do. Um, so instead of phishing like thousands of people, it's a, a focused attack on one individual. Haven't seen as much of that, but we have seen more, more of the pretexting where people are just calling us and pretending to be Microsoft support. Like a couple people get, you know, got a call from Microsoft. No, no you didn't get a call from Microsoft. <laughs> no. But, you know, again, back to my original comments, same old stuff, right? You know, the, the challenge is, like I mentioned a little earlier, right? We can put as many firewalls in place. We can put, you know, intrusion prevention, intrusion detection. We can put all the technology in place. But at the end of the day, um, you know, the, the very friendly, nice people that we hire to be in our company, you know, to deal with our, our clients, to deal with each other, all the great people who want to help you um, are, are, are really sort of the weak link in many cases because um, that help is preyed upon, right? It is preyed upon by the, by the malicious actor in, in order to, you know, have that person unwitten, you know, unknowledgeably, um, you know, give out information, you know, divulge information. So, you know, we, that's why I think security firms and, you know, internal security departments focus so much on awareness because um, the helpful person who would just hold that door open for the person behind them who looks like they're having a bad day um, it is unknowingly being used to uh, perpetrate, you know, bad, bad things. Um, Pretty much, uh, pretty much that's it for social engineering. Uh, the only other thing I'd really mention is wireless. Uh, you know, many people just live wirelessly, right? With your, you know, you're not plugged into the network, and especially at home, right? At home, pretty much all the computers are plugged into the network, but, but or, it, you know, at work, but it, at home, a lot of people just use their wireless. And um, just when it comes to, from a security angle, wireless is so... Is, is significantly more insecure than a wired connection. Because if you think about it, when, when your PC is wireless, it, it's like yelling, right? 
It's, it's got a 300 foot circle where the antenna is broadcasting from and anyone within that 300 feet can receive your, your message. So if you get 10 people sitting at a, sitting at a, a counter or sitting at Starbucks, each one of them is broadcasting everything that they're doing within a, you know, two, 300 foot radius. And if you're a bad guy, you just listen. You just attach to that connection and you listen. And if they're not using a VPN or if the VPN is not using a strong encryption, um, you know, uh, technique, um, then they, they, it can be cracked. The, the tunnel can be cracked and, and it can be monitored. Um, also, there's the, the problem and it, it still exists, right? It's called man in the middle. Like you go to Starbucks and you see, you know, access point two, three, and four. And you connect to access point four, but there really isn't an access point four, right? The guy next to you has his PC and he's broadcast. He set his PC up as a broadcast, right? He's broadcasting access point four and everything he gets, he's just running a little program called a proxy and it sends it really to access point three. So you go, you go, you connect to the access point four. Um, he's watching the screen and it goes to access point three and it comes back to you. So you're actually going through a man in the middle and everything you do is recorded by the man in the middle and you, you, you have no, no problem accessing the internet. You can do all the fun stuff you want to do, but there's a person sitting three feet away from you who is, is in between you and the valid connection. So just wireless in general, you, you know, if you're just going on, you know, Facebook and you don't mind having someone steal your password. Uh, if you, if you're doing, you know, you know, non-financial information, if you're just surfing, you know, it, it's not too bad, but if you're doing anything with your bank, anything with that, you don't mind getting compromised, uh, especially if you on a work situation, you never want to, you want to, you want to seek to minimize your use of wireless as, as much as possible. You know, well, one of the interesting things that's going on uh, now with so many people uh, being pushed to work from home and uh, fewer face-to-face -face interactions is a lot more medical advice is really being um, handled uh, through video chat and things like that. And Oh yeah. Checkups. You can even go to your annual checkup through a video. Right. And, and to the extent that people are doing those in a wireless environment instead of a wired environment and not using a, a truly secure connection, uh, not only their personal financial information, but now their personal medical information is, uh, becomes available. That's true. And that almost leads into another topic, right? There've been so many breaches, you know, lately, there's going to be a time when pretty much every, everyone on the planet's PII has been breached through some sort of medical organization or some sort of credit monitoring service, some kind of bank, whatever. So I don't know what the future is going to look like when everyone's PII is out there and pretty much anything can be faked. Right. And, and with the, uh, you know, with, with a lot of technology coming out, um, I'm sure everyone's heard of deep fakes, right? Where I've seen videos and heard audio where it's completely computer generated, right? You can take um, videos of, of, of people and then you can have a bad actor running who made his own video and the, um, the deep fake technology, deep convolutional neural networks and take that information and make the attacker look and sound exactly like the person um, that the original videos were from. So I think in the future, we're going to be entering a, a time where it's just 
it's going to be hard to determine what the original is anymore. Like I, I can imagine, you know, like, like I brought up before, um, we have a number of phishing attacks where people claim to be our CEO and ask for something. And I must imagine um, you get a, a Zoom call in the future, right? And the Zoom call on the other end of that Zoom call is your CEO looking at you, talking to you in exactly his voice and he tells you to do something. But it's really not. It's some sort of deep fake based off of images and audio that's been recorded to your C CEO. So there's going to be a lot of, and, and I, I don't know, how do, we, how do we stop that in the future, right? I mean, obviously education, but um, there's, there's going to be a point where it's just it's harder and harder for even educated people to, to uh, understand what is phishing or spear phishing or, or anything with all of the, you know, deep convolutional deep fakes stuff that, that's out there. So, I, I, you know, it's a lot of challenges in, in the future when it comes to security. What is real, right? How, how can you know what a real email is or a real anything is? So, I don't know, it's sort of dire, but uh, uh, just if, if you look at where things are going, it's, it's for people in, in my profession, it's going to get harder and harder and harder because, um, you know, te technology is reaching just points where, you know, you can do things now that people wouldn't dream of that you could do 10 years ago, you know? So uh, uh, is there, um, on that topic of, you know, what's an original, I mean, um, when as things started to go, when scanning and high um, high quality um, uh, copying came in, that became a big issue with you know what's an original document, and um, and there were some technology solutions that were put in place, although by no means universally, with watermarking and other yeah. kinds of ways to try to embed something that could only be effectively embedded in an original. Um, you know, whether those technologies, some version of those technologies will translate to the current challenges we're facing is probably uh, known to the people who are working on them in the research labs, but I haven't seen anything about that, although I would expect to see it at some point. No, you have a good point. Um, it, two things just popped into my mind when you said that. Um, even today, right, original, electronic originals, like if I have a signed PDF mm -hmm. and you have a copy of it, which one is the electronic original if you have an exact binary duplicate copy? So um, I think the industry is addressing that by having things called e-vaults. Are you familiar with e-vaults? So basically you would take documents after they weren't signed or went through a, some sort of business processes, put them in an e-vault. Um, and then the e-vault would have the electronic original and then the e-vault would know who owned it. And you could have transfer of ownership of the, of the electronic original inside the e-vault. Everyone could have a copy of it, but the e-vault would be the, the, um, the, the authority that said who, who owned that. But um, to your point too about different technologies to address it, I think the only thing that I can you know, hypotheticize about addressing deep fakes is that same technology, right? Having uh, technology look for look monitor videos like right now when we monitor incoming email we look for viruses right we look for anti-malware on your real-time anti-malware on your pc just additional layered controls that we have i can almost imagine it would have to be some sort of uh, uh, again artificial intelligence of the same sort that could create 
um, faked audio and fake video, actually running and looking at everything that's coming into your PC to see if there are traces of that being non-authoritative, like non, not real, or, mm -hmm. or maybe in, in the future, um, any sort of presentation would have to be saved in an e-vault or come through a trusted source uh, in order for it to be believed. You know what I mean? I, I, again, I'm sort of just in, inventing things off the top of my brain, but um, it's going to be a challenge in the, in the future. Look, you know, electronic originals and videos, is the person you're looking at at the other end of that video really them? Uh, and then there's going to be technology that has to be implemented to ensure that it is. So it's just, you know, the, the good guys are always running and chasing to catch up with the bad guys. And the bad guys are always funded better than the good guys. So, well, you know, you, you talked about um, uh, what's, you know, so much of what we're seeing today is really in some ways recycled. We've seen it before, but just in a different context, <clears throat> the whole issue of these deep fakes, uh, in a funny way, reminded me. You remember the uh, cartoon show, The Jetsons? Oh yeah. And uh, and when Jane would uh, answer her video phone, but she wasn't ready to be seen by the public, there was a button she could press, and it projected her, you know, nicely dressed and you know ready to have a conversation. And you know, the the premise was that the people on the other end didn't know she, that she was sitting in her pajamas. So uh, you know that it's what's old is new. <laughs> yeah. All over. Yeah. Again. Right. So yeah, any, a lot of, uh, yeah. any closing thoughts? I, I think if I have a final message, it would be basically that everyone really needs to stay on their toes and watch uh, and, and sort of not distrust everything, but ask in the back of your brain if, if what I'm doing could be used maliciously, right? Um, if, if any information I would give could be used um, in, in the wrong way and always be just a little suspicious of, of, of pretty much everything you do, just being aware, um, just so security awareness really is what 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 I would say, um, Elliot. Just I'm not sure if there's any magic out there otherwise than just being, you know, aware of what's going on and and suspicious. But, well, Bill, thanks for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. And, absolutely, uh, buddy. Have yeah. a great day. Thanks. All right, you too.